Easter is very quickly upon us. And Easter is going to look very different across America, around the world. It's certainly going to look different here uh, on the Calvary campus. And it was our expectation that this auditorium would be full on Easter Sunday. And it's looking increasingly likely that uh, we're not going to be able to do that uh, because of the requirements of limiting the amount of groups. In fact, for those of you that aren't in Orange County, Florida, uh, we do have a, um, a shelter-in-place order in Orange County up until Good Friday, and it's our hope that that will be uh, released, relaxed somewhat on Good Friday, but we have every expectation that probably still will prevent us from having a, a large group gather here on our campus, and yet we know this, that Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, is something to be celebrated, and it, it's something to be embraced, and so here is our plan. Knowing that we can't invite people into our house, what we're going to do is this, is we're going to take the love of Jesus to them. And here's, here's how. On Easter Sunday morning, we are going to do a drive-through outreach. That's right, we're going to practice social distancing, and we're going to make sure that we don't have people clustered together, but we're going to invite people to come to our campus, stay in their car, stay in their truck, bring their, bring their, bring their camper if they want, uh, but we're going to invite people to do a drive-through outreach and on Easter Sunday morning, Calvary is going to distribute 100,000 meals to the people of the greater Orlando area. And we believe this, that it's very important that folks know this, that he's the way, the truth, the life. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? And God has a plan to provide for each and every one of our needs. And oftentimes when he does that, he does that through the church. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how God uses this church, how God uses us in a profound way, Easter Sunday, yep, it's going to look different, but it's going to be, I believe this, it's going to be pretty amazing. So I encourage you to be praying for us, those of you that are part of the Calvary team. Uh, we'll be talking to you about how you can serve, how you can serve safely, but also serve strategically and significantly. Uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be a great day. Well, pastors, uh, thanks so much for joining me on the platform this morning. And uh, we, are, uh, we are quickly... Uh, coming to Easter. In fact, I've got something behind my seat here. It's kind of hidden. I've got a couple of couple of packages. And the first is this. I want to I just take a, a real quick moment to mention, this is the Easter at Our House take-home kit. And uh, we're making this available to, uh, to pretty much anybody that wants it. And what we're encouraging you to do is this, is whether it's Easter at Your House just for your family, uh, or if, uh, if situations allow and you can invite uh, a neighbor family to join you Easter Sunday morning. We want to make sure that Easter at your house is a memorable event. And so we're making these kits available. By the way, you can sign up for one of these if you go to easteratourhouse.com. That's easteratourhouse.com. And what you're going to find in this kit, I've got a couple of kits this morning. Uh, you've got uh, everything that you need uh, to have a great Easter service. There's a little manila envelope in here that gives you uh, streaming information, gives you some invite cards to invite your neighbors. Uh, there is uh, there's, uh, safe and secure and, and sealed communion for you to do communion for, for a Good Friday service. And we want to give you everything that you need to make sure that Easter is an incredible moment at your house. And again, uh, you, can, you can sign up and you can register for one of these at easteratourhouse.com. We also have, for those of you that have kids at home, for those of you that have grandkids that you want to make sure that this Easter is memorable, we also have our take-home Easter egg uh, hunt kit. Uh, and it's got, once again, a little envelope with all the information you need. It's got no Easter egg hunt would be complete without Easter eggs. 
uh, and it'll have a bunch of those. And then there's candy and valuable prizes. This I'm taking home for myself and uh, because I love Easter candy and specifically I love Easter peeps. And, uh, and we, uh, especially if you put the Easter peeps in the microwave. And then um, we, you have the opportunity, look at this. So we had these signs made up, Easter at our house, and it was to invite people to come to Calvary. Uh, and here's, here's what we do. We've got these signs. And again, this is, this, is, uh, this, is only if, this is only if the social distancing is relaxed a little bit. Uh, but if they do that, what we want to do is we want to help you connect with your, your friends and your neighbors. And look at this. Uh, Easter at our house, Sunday, April 12th, 10.30 a.m. Join us for church service here. And so... Uh, we're going to put one of these in our front yard. I'm going to invite you to put one of these in your front yard. And uh, we're believing that God's going to do an incredible work in us and through us this Easter. Well, pastors, we want to talk about, we've been doing this series called Hooked. Yeah. And, uh, and this morning, what we're going to do is this, is we're going to focus on how we, how we strategically position ourselves and, and how we connect with those around us. I'm, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that God regularly... Uh, that he positions us supernaturally for, for strategic connections. He orders our steps, yeah. right? Amen. And so we have in life, we have this series of divine appointments. Yeah. We, we, see this, we see this both in our own life empirically. We, we see it uh, historically. Uh, and then we also, uh, we also see it. Um, so I'm getting this message on this on this phone, I have no idea what it's trying to tell me. It's saying, Kevin, they want you to move into, the, move into the frame a little bit. So we, have, uh, we also have this, we see it biblically. And, and one of my favorites is found in John chapter 4. It, 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 and it's a story with, of, the, of the woman at the well. It, it would be easy, in looking at the story of the woman at the well, it would be easy when you read, this, when you read the story, and it says this. It, it says in, in, in John chapter 4, it says, Now he had to go through Samaria. And if you were to do this, if today, if you were to just look at a map and go, well, yes, Jesus was, he was down in the, down in the Judean countryside, just outside of, just to the, just to the east of, of Jerusalem. So naturally, if he was headed back up to the area around Galilee, he would have had to go through Samaria. And yet, knowing what we know about culture, knowing what we know about geography, in reality, it was not the geography that made him have to go through Samaria. It was, this was a, a God-designed divine appointment. This was, yeah. this was Jesus, even being in very nature God, yeah. even his steps were ordered of the Father, and, and this was a divine appointment. When it says that he had to go through Samaria, he had to go through Samaria, right, Pastor Kevin? Yeah, that he had to was an intentional choice. He knew God had a reason and a, a divine appointment for him to show up. And so he was compelled in his spirit. And I think that's where we are in this season right now is, is, is hearing God in this moment where what's easy and what's, you know, being expected of us and what we might naturally do, being intentional to say, I don't want to just be self-preserving of myself and my family, but there's an intentionality in this moment. There's a way to get there. There's a way to get there, to that, to that call, to that appointment that God has for me to reach my neighbor, to reach my loved one. And so I have to be intentional. It's not going to be easy. It's not necessarily going to be just on my normal path. 
but there is a way to get there. Yeah. Yes. It's like Pastor Matt. Pastor Matt, you, um, you didn't have to be here this morning, but yet you did. You had to be here, correct? It's that intentionality that is going to be so pivotal, I think, for the days ahead. You know, we can read this passage in Scripture and miss the fact that um, Jesus goes through Samaria, but he doesn't have to. In fact, we know from culture and maps of the day that Jesus and Jews often avoided that area completely. And uh, we see this actually just a few chapters later in John 12. Jesus diverts his route around Samaria to avoid that area. Samaritans were often looked as the, the half-breeds of that day. And so when we see here in John 4 that he goes through that geography intentionally, it should be screaming to us that he is being so intentional that this is not an accident, this is not random. Jesus has plotted his course in order to have an encounter there. I think one of the dangers in life is it's real easy for us to be driven by the moment rather than be driven by mission. It's real easy for that. It's real easy for us to be driven by the moment rather than be, being driven by mission. And it's also easy for us to give in to, to, to really, to sacrifice mission on the altar of convenience and even consensus over conviction. And so that idea of, of intentionality, he had to go through, through Samaria. I love later on in Jesus' earthly ministry, he says this, I have to go to Jerusalem. Right? right? And and he had to go to Jerusalem because he made this statement. He says, it, it is for this cause I was born. Yeah. And so that issue of intentionality. And when we operate in intentionality, uh, it's, it's not always easy. In fact, it says this, Pastor Manny, in, in, in verse 6 of John chapter 4, it says this. It says, Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. It's fascinating to me. It's early in the day, and yet he is still he's he's weary from the journey. It took some it took some real effort for him to get there to that well at Sychar. Yeah, what what really intrigues me about that, Pastor, is that this is this is the Son of God, and the Son of God is so much man that he can be weary, but so much God that he is the well of living water. But at that moment, his natural state, his natural state as a man is thirsty. He is weary, yeah. uh, which lets us know that we can all grow weary. We can all be in a place where we are tired, even in this season where we could say, I need a moment to just pause and I need a moment to rest. But we know that this one uh, was, was God-ordained. Yeah. This, this was a, a divine appointment that was all set up by God. So to get from, to get from where he was in the, in the Judean countryside, to get to Sychar, so uh, where, 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 uh, where Sychar is, if you were to look at a map of Israel today, it's, it's, it's right close to where the modern-day city of, of Nablus is. Uh, and to get from the Judean countryside to get to Sychar, it would have been about a 40-mile journey. And, uh, and we've, we've been there. We've, we've, we've been there in Israel. Uh, and we've seen that countryside. Uh, it is not, you know, when you think about 40 miles in Florida. Let, let me say this. I, um, so as I've gotten older, uh, one of the things that, uh, that m many of you who are watching, you'll know this about me, that there are some people that, uh, that just eat to live and then there are others that, are li that live to eat. And I'm a live to eat kind of guy. I love food. Uh, and so uh, what I do uh, is I run uh, regularly. I run several times a week and then I, I, I bike 
uh, to try, because if not, I would not be able to fit in this chair, because uh, I seriously, I, I love food. Uh, I love all kinds of food. Uh, and so uh, I do appreciate, though, living in Florida, because when I go out for a run, it's flat. <laughs> when I bike, I can, I, can bike, I can bike 50 miles here with no problem, because you know what? I pedal, and that bike will just coast forever, because it's flat. Uh, I don't know if I saw a single flat spot in Israel, and certainly not uh, the Judean countryside, the Judean wilderness, up to up to uh, um, Sikar, up, up to Nablus. In the current 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 terms, it's a very, I mean, it's significantly hilly. It's what they would refer to as mountainous. It's a bit of a stretch to call it a mountain, uh, but it really is. It's a hilly countryside with uh, with no. There would have been no modern roads at that time. Uh, and the, the weather in that part of the world is very similar to what the weather uh, is like in central Florida. So imagine if you were to go out this afternoon uh, in the weather that we have scheduled for Orlando today uh, and you were to do a 40-mile hike. Uh, how's that going to go? It's going to be hot today. <laughs> and you're going to sweat. And it's gonna, but, I mean, you could do it, but it's going to take a lot of work and you're going to be real tired. Right. And so bring we, some water with so you. So we know why Jesus was weary from the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and we, we face that really in our, own, in our own life, right? That doing God's will, being, being where God's called us to be, and doing what he's called us to do, it's not always easy. Right. Talk about that for a moment. Oh my goodness, there's all kinds of different reasons of why it's not easy. Sometimes it's physical exhaustion, it takes physical exertion um, to do it. Sometimes it's not easy because it takes a level of sacrifice. It takes a financial sacrifice, it takes time sacrifice. And sometimes it's really easy to say, oh, to live the life of faith, that's a beautiful thing. But sometimes it's not as easy as you think to step out and do things that God's called you to do in faith because laying down things that are comfortable is hard and laying down things that are familiar is hard and doing something new and learning a new skill. Even people right now learning a new skill, how to use social media. And I know some you know, people of different generations, older generations that for years have excused themselves from learning social media because they're like, that's too hard for me. That's for my grandkids. Well, now we're forced to do something that we used to pass off to our grandkids so that we can even have community and to do some of these hard things. But I mean, in the long run, they're not hard. We realize how easy they might've been and God knows we're capable of doing them, but we were not allowing ourselves or, or putting ourselves into uncomfortable situations because the human uh, seeks comfort. We seek the path of least resistance. And so these times when God's asking us to stretch or to grow or to do something uncomfortable or something new, you know, it's, it's not always easy, but it's always worth it, obviously, on the other side. Yeah, because God, God will never push us beyond the combined capacity of him with us. Absolutely. Right? He will push us beyond the capacity of just us, yeah. but he won't push us beyond the capacity of him in partnership with us. Uh, but what happens is when, when we're walking in God's will, and, and I want you to know this, that when you're walking in God's will, that it does require intentionality, and it's not always going to be easy. It's going to take some effort. And the third thing is it, it, will, it will consistently push us beyond our comfort zone, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it'll push us beyond that which just is easy for us, and we'll find ourselves in situations where we go, and yet... And yet God is with us. Yeah. We, we see that we see that in this moment. It says this in, in, in verse number seven. It says that when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? That is, now, 
for those of us that, I mean, we didn't grow up in this time frame. We didn't grow, grow up in that culture. It just seems natural. Jesus says, it's hot. He's tired. <laughs> There's a woman coming to the well. It just seems natural that he would say to her, uh, hey, draw me some water. Uh, but Pastor Matt, there's much more that goes into this than just uh, him asking somebody for water, true? Well, and, and these things we can often miss, right? Because we're not growing up in the day and the culture that Jesus finds himself here. But there's actually recorded instances of husbands who divorce their wives because they were talking to another man in public. This is not something that was common for that day and age. If you were a Jewish leader, you would not speak to another woman that wasn't related to you, that wasn't part of uh, your inner clan, maybe part of your tribe. And so this is a very atypical situation that Jesus has intentionally created and uh, potentially sets up something where um, there may have been some drama. There may have been some, some whispering. Can you imagine what Jesus is doing? I saw him over by the well. And it wasn't just a woman. It was a Samaritan woman, the lowest of the lows. These are the people that we demonize and folks that are, you know, the half-breeds of the Jewish culture of that day and age. Yeah, and, and, and so Jesus, he, he puts himself in a place that it, it stretches the cultural norms, right? Okay. It stretches what is, what is acceptable um, in that practice. I love, there's a, a story from a number of years ago where uh, Tony Campolo, tells the story of, of when he was, when he was uh, navigating seminary. Uh, he was out uh, late one night. He was, had been working on a paper, and he was, he was out wanting to get uh, something to eat. And, uh, and into this all-night diner came a, uh, a lady of the evening. And, um, and there was a little bit of an interaction, and come to find out that this girl was just having a really difficult time, obviously, with life. And the next day was going to be her birthday. And it just, it, it touched Tony Campolo's heart. And so he, he decided he was going to throw this hooker a uh, birthday party. So he got news out to all the other, you know, women that work the streets and all the folks that were kind of uh, a part of that night scene. And uh, or, got a cake and, and people brought gifts. And, and when she came in after doing what ladies of the evening do, and she, she came into that diner, uh, there was a birthday party there for her, and, and she asked Tony Campolo, knowing that he was a, a minister, she said, you know, what kind of minister are you? And he, he said, you know, just very graciously, he said, I, I'm the type of pastor that will throw a birthday party for a prostitute. That, that, that's who God's called us to be. He's, if, if we're going to go out of the highways and byways and compel them to come in, if, if we're going to be salt and light, what it's going to require, it's going to require some intentionality and some effort uh, it's also, it's going to require us to, to step beyond our comfort zone and, and recognize that our interaction with folks uh, has the potential to push them beyond their comfort zone as well, which means that it really does require a strong relational connection, right? The Samaritan woman actually asked Jesus. She says this in verse number nine. Pastor Manny, I'm going to ask you to comment on this. You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? The woman acknowledges the social disparity, right? She's like, what in the world is going on here? Yeah, and what really calls my attention, I think, and it, it relates to us as well, Jesus didn't ask her for something that she couldn't do, right? And so for us as believers, for, the, for us to, you know, call ourselves Christians, you know, he was the first one to speak. He was the first one to initiate conversation. But then he went on to ask her something that he knew she was able 
to do, even though it was breaking culture, it was breaking uh, tradition. Um, but at that moment, I could only imagine what she's thinking. This man is a Jew and I'm a Samaritan, and he's asking me for a drink. Well, like, what's going on here? But what she doesn't know is that something powerful is going to happen in her own life. Identity, identity is about to come to her life. But I think for us as believers, even in this season, as we go into Easter, we should start conversations. This is, this is an opportunity for us as believers to sit at the wells of, you know, once this quarantine is over, to sit at the wells of Denny's or sit at the well at, of, of the break room at work or by the water cooler and start that conversation. Hey, I'm thirsty. It doesn't have to be I'm thirsty, obviously. But some kind of conversation where you meet them uh, where they are and they can relate or they can give you exactly what you need. It's a conversation starter. Yeah. Well, and I would, I would even go so far as to say this. Uh, those of you that are, those of you that you're working at home, you've got, you've got friends, you've got family members, uh, you've got coworkers, you have neighbors, okay? You know their cell phone numbers, yes. you know their email yes, address. Absolutely. Why don't you do this? Why don't you this week invite yes. them to a Zoom meeting? Yeah. Just to say, hey, we're all experiencing cabin fever, just want to invite you to uh, social connect. And I know for you, yeah. I know that that is pushes you beyond your comfort zone. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I know that it's going to require some real intentionality. Uh, and there's some effort that goes into that. But when we, when we step into that void and we create this relational connection, and, and for, for this woman, for the woman at the well, she's a social outcast in her community. So Jesus stepping into the void for her yes. and making this connection. And here's what he, here's what he does, Kevin. In, in asking the woman to give him something to drink, she is, and, and we know this about her because of the questions that she asks Jesus when they, inter, when, when, they, when they interact. This is not a woman who is unaware, right? She has some understanding. She, has a, she actually has an appetite for spiritual things, which of course Jesus knew that even beforehand. And just to where you know, uh, we should know that beforehand in the people that we interact with because in reality, Everyone has an appetite for spiritual things because it's the way that God designed us. It's the way that we're wired. But here's what Jesus does. He says, will you give me something to drink? This woman knows this. She knows that for this Jewish man to ask her to give her something to drink, for her to take this, whatever, whatever utensil she would use, to get him something to drink and to hand it to him, that his people believe that she is unclean. Therefore, it would make him unclean. And yet, what Jesus is doing is he's with intentionality, he's putting himself at her level. That's big, isn't it? That's huge. That's huge. There's so many pieces to this part of the conversation. I think if I could you know, put a pin in part of the conversation, it would be this part because there's so many layers going on um, in this moment. Um, Jesus is putting himself at risk to reach out and talk to her right now. You know, you know, we still have people that are in need of connection, and we're interacting with people. You go to the grocery store, you're out and about, and there's still human beings on the walking paths or whatever, and the natural response is to, like, walk around one another right now, but people have great need, and, and I know we're going to be talking about handing people food over Easter and, and becoming in close proximity, and there's times where we will put ourselves at great risk, at a risk in, in, in contact, uh, but even risk of rejection, the idea of reaching out to somebody who says, no, I don't want to be your friend or I don't want to join your Zoom meeting, that's always a part of the conversation. That's always part of it. And 
And it's just, we so many times try to avoid risk of any kind, but yet it's also the times where we feel the most excited and fulfilled and like we've grown and we've done something meaningful because we've done something that stretched us or that put, took that, walked out on that, that, that limb of faith, you know, in those types of moments. So to take risk out of our life or to be completely risk avoidance, uh, of, you know, is just gonna, it, it's gonna keep us from being where we need to be. And it's also gonna keep us from having the fulfillment and the impact uh, that God is calling us to have in this time. So when, we, when we're intentional about this mm-hmm. and, and, we, and we take the initiative, even when it pushes us beyond our comfort zone, yeah. uh, we, but we make these relational connects, what it will do is it, it, it will produce life-changing moments. Let me, give you, let me give you an example, real life from my world this week. So in my neighborhood, much like many of our neighborhoods here in Orlando and, and really across America, um, people are, for the most part, sheltering in place, but they want to get out and get a little bit of exercise. So they're walking the neighborhood and making sure that they stay a, a decent distance apart. Uh, I was, this week, I was out in my yard, and one of my neighbors who, who circles our street, our, our, we, we live, the street we live on, it's actually, it's called a circle, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big circle. And one of our neighbors who regularly circles um, was was going by and and I've I've just said hello to her from time to time, uh, but uh, felt impressed to say uh, as she was going by, keeping our social distance, to say, hey, anything that I can pray for you for, mm-hmm. I've I've never broached this before, and I don't broadcast that I'm a pastor partially because I don't want people to think that I. I'm nice to them because I have to be because of my vocation. I want them to know that I'm nice to them because uh, they're good. They're, they're worth it, right? And so I said, hey, is there anything I can pray for you for? And she stopped, and um, she is um, um, she's not uh, from the U.S. She lives here uh, as an immigrant, and a close family member had two days prior uh, had passed away in Europe. And so... Uh, the funeral was going to be the next afternoon, and she was struggling with the reality of not being able to go home and to be there for that funeral. Yeah. And she shared the story with me, and, uh, and I had the opportunity just to, to talk with her briefly and just to let her know, man, I'm, I'm praying for you, and, and understand this, that, 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 my, that there's no way that miles can ever stop love. Uh, that, that love is not affected by distance. And, uh, and so I had the opportunity to pray with her. And, and by the end of this just very short interaction from probably 20 feet away, mm-hmm. uh, she just, she went from being downcast to, to beaming. And, uh, and the opportunity, and that, that's what happens when we're, when we're salt in the light in the world around us. Right? When we do this with, a, with an intentionality, knowing that it's going to require effort, that it's going to push us beyond our comfort zone, but we, we take the effort to meet people where they are and relationally connect, what it will do is it, it will produce life-changing moments. In, 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 the, in, the, in the biblical passage that we're looking at today, it says this uh, in John, uh, John chapter 4, starting verse number 25. The, the, the woman talking to Jesus says this, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. She she knows about this issue of the Messiah. In fact, she's looking for the Messiah. She has an appetite. She has a hunger for the Messiah. And, and in, this, in this moment, 
This is probably, Pastor Kevin, this is probably the one that I would put the pin in because I just, I love this moment, right? Because the woman is saying, listen, I know the Messiah is going to come and I know that everything's going to, when we have the opportunity to connect with the Messiah, everything's going to be okay at that time. And, and Jesus listening to her. I, I, I believe this. I believe he can't wait to respond, right? He almost wants to cut her off in responding. And it says this. Then Jesus declared. It doesn't say that he said. It doesn't say that he responds. It says, then Jesus declared. I, the one speaking to you, I am he. I have to tell you, Pastor Manny, I think that, is, I think that declaration is so cool that, uh, that this, what the world would see as a random interaction, but we know was an intentional interaction on Jesus' part, that it produces this life-changing moment. And we have the opportunity to do that in our day, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and the world that we live in has heard of who God is, has heard of who Jesus is. She had heard of who God was. And this is my, can I share my favorite part? Yeah. Which, is, which is in verse 20 where she says, on this mountain, I know that one day we'll come back and worship. Well, what Jesus is saying is, it's not about where you worship. What really matters is that you worship. And, of course, he then reveals himself to her first before to anyone else. What I love about this passage is Jesus has the longest written conversation in all the Gospels with a Samaritan woman. Yeah. And, and in that, he, he reveals himself to the first person uh, by saying, that's me. Yeah. That's me. And I think that's what God wants to do uh, through us, that we can reveal who Jesus is uh, through us to every single person that has heard of who Jesus is or would like to hear about who Jesus is, but that we can say, well, I know him, and you can know him today. Uh, and it's not about where you worship. You may be sitting in a living room. You may be sitting somewhere maybe at work or you may be watching this later on in the week it's not about where you're at it's what matters is who you are in christ and that you could worship right where you are yeah and there's a there's a there's also there's a ripple effect to it right because it's not just the woman she goes into town and and she starts telling people hey there's this guy out here i really think he's the messiah and and they come and check him out scripture tells us that jesus hung out with them for a couple of days and there was significant significant impact as a result of this seemingly random interaction. Matt, take a moment. Well, the ripple effect is that many Samaritans do believe in Christ. And how interesting is it that they would uh, latch on to the idea that he is the Messiah before Jesus's, you know, uh, own ethnicities do in in the Jewish people. And I think there's significant precedent for us as Christians to understand that Jesus constantly reached out to the marginalized. Yeah. He constantly reached out to those that were suffering, to those that are in the lowest of society, and uh, really sets a strong precedent for us today as Christians. Yeah, for God so loved. And that, that, that we see him, that we see Jesus demonstrating connection and compassion to, to this Samaritan community. That's a that's a huge message to us, and, uh, and really, it, it helps us to understand the incredible opportunity that's in front of us. You know, one of, the, one, of the, one of the mistakes I think that we make when we think about this whole idea of being salt and light, of, of having an intentionality with making connections around us, is 
we can view it as effort rather than opportunity. We can view it as a, a task that needs to be accomplished rather than the, uh, the, the life that God has called us to and, and see it as, as duty as, a, as opposed to the gift that God has given us. But God has given us this, this gift. Yeah. He's, it's a gift that he's given us. It's a blessing that he's given us to share the good news. In fact, uh, and when we, when we get close to the end of this story in John chapter 4, Jesus' disciples, are, um, early in the story, we know this, that Jesus' disciples had, have gone on ahead of him to try to, 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 uh, to procure some food. And so when they come back, they say to him, Jesus, would you like something to eat? And he goes, no, I'm good. And they go, what do you mean you're good? You've got to be hungry. Now they know that when they left him, that when they left him, he's weary, right? And they come back and Jesus is, Jesus is energized. It tells us this in, in verse number 32. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And then the disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? And Jesus replies and he says this, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. And, and here's, here's what I want you to know. Child of God, I want you to know this, that when you are engaged in, in kingdom work, when, you're, when you embrace the mission that God has for you, right? When, when, we, when we lean in to sharing our flour and oil rather than getting caught up in the anxiety of the moment, but instead we're faithful to the mission that God's called us, what we'll find is this, is we'll find that God's provision is true. That God's promises are unwavering. And this, this fulfillment that's found and being right in the middle of what God has for us, it's without compare. And God wants to use you to have these God encounters these Holy Spirit interactions with your neighbors, with your family members, with your coworkers, classmates, and friends. He wants you to have those today, this week, this month. He wants you to leverage the Easter season to invite people to connect with you through easteratourhouse.com. He, he wants to use that not just because he loves your neighbor, your friend, your coworker, classmate. He wants to do it because he understands that it's a that it's a pathway to blessing for you. It's a pathway to fulfillment for you. That, that sense of being, being completely fulfilled that Jesus experiences in, in, in that moment that goes far beyond physical hunger or physical thirst, God wants you to have that same joy. He wants you to have that same expression of, wow, this is amazing. And, and I will offer you, there is nothing in this world that compares to what you will experience, what you will fulfill when you allow God to use you to connect someone else to him. So, so know this, that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And what that means, it means God knew that we would be 
at this place in this moment. God knew that we would be at a place where we were being required to socially distance. God knew that for some of us that we would be at a place where we're required to shelter in place. But God also knew that you were going to learn how to do FaceTime, that you were going to learn how to do Zoom meetings or Google Hangouts or any of the other ways to connect. God knew that even though you might have to do it at a distance of 15 to 20 feet, but that, that there's still an opportunity to have a conversation with the neighbor over the backyard fence and he has set us up in this season and 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 we talked about this a few weeks ago we know this that historically that moments like this that the church has been faithful to lean into moments like this and the result is the church has never had to retreat in this type of encounter historically it has always been a moment when the church has gone forward And I said it a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to say it again this Sunday, church, this is our moment. It's our moment. It's our woman at the well moment. The question is this, will we recognize and will we be intentional in this moment, even though it's going to require some effort on our part, even though it's going to push us beyond our comfort zone, will we look to have these relationship, these connection moments that that have the great potential to produce life-changing results and, and bring us fulfillment that goes beyond compare. Listen, in just a moment, we're going to do this. We're going to bring our time together um, and, and to a close. And there's a couple things that are going to happen. Number one, we're going to encourage you to worship the Lord through giving. And I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness to the church in this time. God will honor that. And, and then um, Pastor Manny's going to do that. Pastor Kevin is then. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to um, encourage folks that need prayer uh, to reach out uh, in prayer. We want to pray for you before we, b- before we let you go. Um, but I want to I do this before uh, Pastor Manning and Pastor Kevin bring us to a close. Uh, I, 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 want, I want you to hear my heart that um, God knows right where you're at. And God understands all the emotion that you're experiencing. And in the midst of that, God planned this specific message to speak to you in the moment and say, listen, follow the pattern that we see with the woman of the well. Follow the pattern that I mentioned earlier, the, the widow at Zarephath. Don't, don't, don't give in to the anxiety of the moment, but recognize the opportunity that God has given. And what you're gonna find is this, if you're intentional in these days, even though it requires some effort, even though it might push you beyond your comfort zone, and, and even though it might, it might push the people that you're interacting with beyond their comfort zone a little bit, but you you relationally connect, it will bring about life-changing, and not just life-changing, eternity-changing results. We're going to take full advantage of this Easter season and believe that God's going to work through us to see many people discover the joy that is found in walking in a real relationship with the living God. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.